0: In the name of Jesus, dear saints of God, have you found that shared experiences are often more enjoyable or more meaningful than things that you do all by yourself? I and mean, we can definitely enjoy some things all by ourselves, but but there's something about shared experiences, isn't there? That's why I'll always remember our church church, Groups that went to, uh, on trips to Israel and Greece and Germany. We can look back at things that we, we saw together and we can say, Remember when? Those of us who have traveled to a Wells worship conference, um, we can recall some amazing things like that song that we just sang. See what the memory of it does to me and looking at somebody else who shared that with me? Um, Man, that song played even bigger than that, which was awesome. A thousand people singing that with timpani and orchestra and people that know how to sing even better than you do. Amazing to hear that and in Christ alone. and We can go, wow, remember? Remember that? watching Wayne Gretzky and Michael Jordan play in person. Okay, it's not the same kind of thing. I realize this, but it was really cool seeing them in person, and especially so because I was with my college buddies and seminary guys back then. These are great things. You all have your list of great things that, that you have shared with other people, but but there are some other experiences that uh, we all, as brothers and sisters in Christ, there are things that we share now And there are things that are on the horizon for us to share together, too. And that's what we're talking about today, the the shared experiences of the saints. And those shared experiences are distress, deliverance, and delight. The Daniel who records the words before us this morning is the same Daniel from Daniel in the lion's den. Uh, He was a high-ranking official in the Babylonian government, and God used him. Uh, to witness to kings and to high, other high officials. He even used him to write some of his holy word. And part of what he records in this book that is named after him, um, part of that is a series of four visions. And we're looking at a part of the fourth of those visions this morning. Just before these words, Daniel tells of the Antichrist, who would rise up in the last days and destroy the faith of many people, leading them away from their Savior, their God. At the end of chapter 11, this is what he says about that threatening power. He says, Yet he will come to his end, and there will be no one to help him. And then right away comes our lesson. Then at that time, Michael, the great prince who stands over your people, will arise. So, near the end of the world, as Judgment Day is closing in on this earth, the Antichrist and all those who oppose oppose the Lord and his people will intensify their efforts to lead people away from God. But as that's happening, the archangel Michael will rise up in defense of believers. When all of this takes place, God tells us, There will be a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. If you know someone whose name is Michael, perhaps you know uh, that the name means who is like God. He's only one of a couple angels mentioned in the Bible by name, and he seems to be kind of a a super angel uh, that God sends to protect his children. He's also mentioned in the book of Revelation, also a vision, that one given to John, and uh, there too, uh, he is in a battle. He battles Satan uh, out in the sky, and he wins so that no one can make accusations against believers before the throne of God. That vision of that spiritual uh, battle leads us then to think of Christ and what he has done defeating sin and Satan by his cross and by his uh, Easter victory. Because Jesus did that, no one, Satan included, can accuse us of being unworthy of living with God in heaven. And so we can be confident that, that we will be living with him eternally. Well, Daniel's vision also pictures a spiritual battle with Michael defending God's people from danger. Think of this as something that is going on right now around us, even as we sit here in God's house this morning. Just because we don't see Michael out there fighting for us, defending us, doesn't mean that it's not going on, that he's not having this spiritual battle on our behalf. I would be one wealthy pastor If I had a nickel for every time someone said to me, Pastor, do you think we're living in the end times? Or or how do we know if we are or not? I'd be a little surprised if most of you hadn't asked that question before. I have had to think about this myself often enough. The best way to tell if these are the end times, the, the last days, is to look at what God says about this. Is this the time when Michael is out there in the spiritual realms battling for us? What does God say about the times before the end comes? If you were to look in Matthew chapter 24, uh, you would find Jesus saying that leading up to that day, these things would occur, that there would be wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, famines, persecution of Christians, people hating God's people, people losing their faith, hating each other, false teachers, false saviors, an increase of wickedness, people being loveless and and cold and the gospel preached throughout the world. Jesus even describes it the way Daniel does. He says, for at that time, there will be great distress. As you heard me go through that list of things that would happen before the end or during the end times, um, what did you notice? Yes, those are... Those are knowing nods and and laughs. You know exactly. Those things have happened already, and they are happening right now. And you and I, God's people, we are experiencing those things together. All of this is distressing for Christians, isn't it? Don't, Don't wars throughout the world bother you? You're concerned when you see online or you see on TV uh, earthquakes and famines and and all of the people that are suffering, right? Watching a son or a daughter you raised to know their Savior walk away from the faith, this stresses your heart, doesn't it? Of course, you're bothered by the anti-Christian sentiment on, on the university or the college campuses, I mean, you're stressed not knowing, can you bring up the Bible and God's Word even to the world religions professor? Can you even mention those things in certain circles of friends? You're probably all happy that the Bible is the best-selling book in the world every year. But you probably don't like it that many, many people critique it with, with human wisdom rather than viewing it with Faith. It's sad that, that so-called Christians and their churches don't consider God's word, the Bible to be God's Word in its entirety, but they, they feel free to, to pick and choose the things that they like. Look around you. It's not hard to make the case that people are less loving and more cold these days, is it? These are distressing days. I think that older Christians mean it when they say, I'm glad I don't have to raise children during this time. I think the sad and depressed teenager means it when she says, I just want to be away from all of this. And I think little kids are stressed when their parents are cold and detached because they're more concerned with things in this life than spending time with them focusing on what life will be like with Jesus in heaven. While we are distressed by these things, we are told that the archangel Michael is battling for us in the spiritual realms while sin is ravaging the world. Distressful days. You're living in them. Daniel said they would come. Jesus warned you to look around and notice when these things were occurring. Why? Because it means that your deliverance from those things is close. Listen again. At that time, your people will be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the book. The very people that Michael is warring for the very ones who have forgiveness by faith in Jesus, the ones who know that their names are written in the book that God writes in and reads from, those people will be delivered from all that is distressing in this world. And Daniel was looking forward to that day when he said, many who are sleeping in the dusty ground will awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame, to everlasting contempt. God's telling us about Judgment Day, the day that Jesus will return with his angels to separate the saints, those who believed in him as the Savior, from those who rejected him and his love for them. All of the sudden, when things are getting worse and worse in this world, Jesus will return, and he will judge. And the test for every person is simple. The person who stands before the Holy God either believed that Jesus lived a perfect life in order to make up for their sins and gave himself as an unblemished sacrifice on the cross and rose victorious on Easter morning, or they don't believe that. If a person had no use for Jesus during this earthly life, they will be distanced from him forever. How awful will that be? What didn't bother them much while they're living here will torment them for eternity. The shame and the contempt that they feel will be paired with eternal suffering and fire and being with Satan and the evil angels. Hell is real. It doesn't matter whether people believe that it is or not, it's real. Deliverance from this world for a person who rejects Jesus is not a step up. It is a tragic and colossal step down. How different it will be for you and me as saints of God. You and I can't wait to be delivered from this sinful world. It's no fun seeing sin run rampant throughout the world. We don't enjoy seeing other people hurt or the earth being ravaged. We don't like being tempted and and that we sin. We want to be delivered from this. And we will. In this life, we know that we have God's Spirit living in us and we have Jesus beside us and we have the Father looking over us and, and this is wonderful and this is very comforting, but we're still anxious for our step up into heaven. We want to be with the saints triumphant, those who have been given victory in Christ and delivered from the distress of this world and who now share joy and peace around God's throne in heaven. The last day will bring deliverance, an experience that we will share with the other saints of God. We are certain that our names are written in God's book, the book of life, and that we'll have that everlasting life that that Daniel's vision tells us about. How did our names get into that book? Well, God God promises that he has known us since before we were born, since before the creation of the world, even, and and that he has picked us out and chosen us to be his people. He gave us faith to trust in his Son. God does make it clear that we could have never decided to trust in Him on our own. Our sin makes that impossible. We believe in Him now only because we've been given that that faith as a gift from the Holy Spirit. No matter how wonderful a person we are or how much we have accomplished in this world, none of that can take away sin. And it doesn't allow us to, to live side by side with a holy God In heaven, perfection and imperfection cannot coexist eternally. Since that's true, God made us perfect in Christ. When Jesus suffered and hung on that cross, he bore the burden of all of our sins. And Jesus' perfection, that was transferred over to us. So God really has made us holy. On Saints Triumph and Sunday, we're reminded of the saints who have gone before us into heaven, and that because of God's grace, you and I also are saints, God's holy ones. And our names are written in the book of life, and we will rise to share eternity with them. So don't worry. Don't doubt whether you're good enough to be in heaven. Because you trust in Christ for forgiveness and salvation, you are one of God's holy ones. He's made you so. He's made you so so that you can live with him eternally in heaven. God says this about you then. He says, Those who have insight, faith, will shine like the brightness of the sky. And those who bring many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. What a delight to hear. What a delight there will be for all of us as we're in heaven with God enjoying all of the blessings that he has prepared for us there. You and I are God's shining lights. We're his shining lights now as we lead people to righteousness by sharing with them the good news of salvation in Jesus. But we will be like shining stars eternally in the presence of God once the The distress of this world is over and we've been delivered from it. What a delight that will be. And what a tremendous comfort to to know this every single day as we, his saints, anxiously await that day. So look forward to that day and live for that day when we will share that experience, not just with each other, but with all the saints in heaven. Amen.